When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. I am your host, C.P. McManus. Hopefully, all you guys are enjoying the cold weather out there. It sure is feeling seasonal. Hopefully, everybody's staying safe, healthy, and uh, prosperous during this holiday season, guys. Quick shout-out to our sponsor, Rosenfeld Dental Associates, located at 1095 Inman Avenue in Edison, New Jersey. Go rock your smile with the rock dog, Dave Rosenfeld, nominated one of the top dentists once again for 2023. Guys, mention C.T. McManus or Rock and Roll Union when booking your first appointment there, and you will save an incredible discount, guys. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Welcome back to the show. We have an incredible show for you this evening. We're going to be starting off with a gentleman, a musician named Pete Lucabelli. Really been in the scene, been around it, been doing it for years. We're going to talk with him momentarily. And then following him up will be Bubba's Beach Band, guys. Uh, if you've been following anything on the Rock and Roll Union page, getting deeper and deeper into our trap rock circles, and this is another dive into that. We're going to be talking to uh, – great band that has been around, done that, and uh, we're going to be talking with them in the second half of the show. But guys, uh, please help me in welcoming Pete Lucabelli to the show. Pete, are you there? 
I am here. Thank you for having me. Hello. Hello, I'm here. Well, awesome, awesome. I couldn't hear you at first. My apologies for that. How are you, Pete? Oh, I'm good, CT. Thank you, man. I really appreciate uh, being on the program here. Brother, thank you so much for being here, man. I, You know, I was sent a uh, big shout-out. Well, first, I want to give a shout-out to somebody that sent me your YouTube uh, – I don't know if you want to call it a testimonial or a, a short bio from uh, Christina Avila sent that to me. Big shout out to her. Uh, big thank you for helping get this set up. But I was uh, I was watching that video, and it's incredible, man. You started off uh, as a youngster, just with music all around your house. Am I right? That is absolutely correct. Yep. Um, my father, uh, he was uh, a locally famous jazz musician, so. He played uh, multiple instruments, and that's what I grew up with was just violins, guitars, mandolins, piano, drums. He he did it all, so I kind of learned from him. What was it about the guitar that made you want to get involved with that instrument? Yeah, um, You know, it's, that's kind of funny because I didn't start off on guitar. I started off. I thought I wanted to be a percussionist, drummer, and I would uh, get in original bands at a young age. I was playing out since I was 16, and um, I would always, when it came to writing songs, I would sing the melodies of the guitar to the guitar player so we can write songs together, and that happened for years. Uh, and then I just thought, you know what, why don't I just play guitar, and I kind of made this switch. At probably around uh, maybe like 20 years old, I made the switch. And uh, then I just became a, a singer, songwriter, player, you know, rock guy, cover band, all, you know, multi instrumentalist guy myself. So that's kind of how that happened. And another thing that that video touched on that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about was you were like signed at first to a. You, you were in a band. You guys got signed by a record company. Am I correct? Uh, we had an offer to, um, and okay. a very kind gentleman in the industry talked us down from that. Um, he said it would not be a good move. We would end up owing the record company a lot of money. Um, so it was kind of like a, a tax write-off for the record company. It was going to be on one of their minor labels. For instance, like gotcha. Sony, the big label, you know, and then they have like little labels under that. And the A&R guy, I, I can't mention his name, but um, he he talked us down. He said, do not do it. I'm so sorry. Um, so that's – so we, the, you know – Kind of, no. We had an offer. We didn't take it. Gotcha. And what, what about what year was this? Uh, that was about 19, I would say 94-ish. Yeah, it was gotcha. right around there. And that yeah, was, that was, that was a pivotal time. That was a real pivotal time in music. I mean, as far as grunge was like the main thing in what what kind of style were you guys playing 
Um, it wasn't quite grunge. It was kind of like funky heavy. Um, and, but it had like a, a positive message, but then grunge came and, it, you know, it was really huge. So we were advised by the A&R person at Sony that we might want to grunge it up a little bit. So we did, and we played all the, you know, games of uh, trying to make it in the industry. Uh, gotcha. But it, it just – we weren't going to get on their big label. They were going to put us on something that he he talked us out of. So I'm glad he did. Now, when, when they talked you out of that, uh, about how long did the band stay together after that? No, no, it it kind of uh, it kind of went away. I was really, gotcha. really, really in a depression for a while. I didn't pick up a musical thing for three years. I was just very let down wow. because you know because gotcha. it was known that we were going to be a loss. They weren't going to promote it, and it happens. You hear these horror stories, and we almost became one. And I was excited. Believe me, when the lower label presented itself to us. I was very excited, and he was like, don't get excited. Because he got to know us after a couple of years, and he felt kind of responsible. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's be a while to break out of that depression on that. But I did, you know, finally. Now, once you finally picked up a guitar again three years later, what made you pick that back up, and what did you do at that point? All right. Well, at that point, I made uh, my first independent, independently released CD uh, called Pieces of Me. It's on iTunes. It's everywhere. Um, and I just wanted to write about life events, people I knew, um, their their struggles through life. And for the first – it was actually really freeing because for the first time in my musical journey – I wasn't concerned about making it. I didn't care how the production of the songs were. I mean, I, I wanted to make them the way I wanted to. I, I wasn't right. under the, you know, guise of somebody else telling me what to do. And uh, so right. I just did a self-released CD on my personal life and my friends and people that have, you know, lost their lives young that I knew. So it's every song on that first CD is all true stories about people I know or myself or family members or friends. So, yeah, that's that. it just made me want to put out a message, freedom, basically, like I didn't care. This awesome. is what I'm going to do, and here it is. Now, was there a feeling of peace or uh, kind of self-comforting in putting that out like that with getting all those – feelings out that have been bottled up for three years at that point. Well, was it self-therapy for you at that point? It, all of the above. Absolutely. It was, yeah, it was very good to finally get creative again with the music and, 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 and be me the way I wanted to be um, at that moment of, in time anyway. And yeah, all these, I lost my creativity for three years. So, it was nice to just do it. And and then I actually started becoming uh, an original-only artist at that time. And I would play a lot of places, but you don't really get a ton of following unless you're going somewhere. 
I mean, fortunately, right. I did have some radio stations pick up the song, so that was kind of cool. But, um, you know, yeah, it was just very freeing and, and liberating, and it, and it felt good to play music for the sense of just playing it, not trying to get somewhere. Gotcha. Now, uh, fast forward after that, what, um, what are you currently doing in the music scene? I know that you are – uh, you you do some cover stuff. You do some original stuff here and there. Uh, mm-hmm. What has your past year? What what has twenty twenty three looked like musically for you? Oh God, twenty twenty three. Well, as far as original music, which I I love doing, that I had to put on a shelf for a little bit because uh, one of my cover bands really started taking off, like clubs. Nice. For the first time, are calling me, not me hunting down them for gigs, um, and we right. and we have a, a pretty decent following built up for the most part. Um, so 2023 has been nothing but learning a bunch of new material, well, old material now, but new to me because I was an original artist for so many years. Um, so right. I haven't squeezed in a lot of original material in a while except for my friend's uh, college film. He did an independent film, and he wanted me to do the entire soundtrack instrumental, and I did, and that was cool. That was rewarding. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And and those songs um, are on Reverb Nation under my name. You can hear them. They're only like a couple of minutes each because they were under scenes uh, to be uh, like supporting dialogue. Uh, but they're, gotcha. they're cool, and it's just it's another piece of me. So I, I do heavy stuff, too. I do light stuff. I do singer-songwriter and instrumental. Um, but going back to your 2023 has been really, really busy with um, the cover band thing, which is called Red Moon Jam. And what we basically do is just take, like, old covers – um, and we kind of revamp them and make them into a little jam kind of section, a little improv, and we get the crowd nice. involved. And if somebody wants to sing it, I bring them up. And they, we have a lot of fun with the people. And then a couple months back, I got approached by um, some stellar musicians that wanted to form another band called Tongue in Cheek. Um, so now we're doing that, and our first gig is actually December 9th. So now I'm in two oh, wow. cover bands. So, yeah, I'm kind of busy with that. And in the day, I repair instruments and fix guitars uh, and build them. So I got that, you know, little side talent, too. And uh, and uh, so 23 has been pretty rocking for me. Now, you've been doing music your entire life. How would you say just the overall production or sound or style of rock has changed from when you began to now? What What is your take on the current scene? Oh, man. Oh, I could definitely uh, elaborate on that if you want. Um, as far as the current scene, me, uh, they're, they're really – I don't want to say there isn't a music scene. There is. But it, it's – not even the young kids, like 15, 16, 17, because I work at Guitar Center, and I, I, I'm a luthier there, and I fix all the instruments. So I get to see firsthand what the kids are listening to because they come in and they pick up guitars and start playing. 
and not one of the young kids play anything from their time, which is now. They play Beatles. They play Zeppelin. They play Mountain. You name it, anything from the 70s, 80s, even 90s, nothing in 2000s, though, zero. So, yeah. I don't know where the music scene is now. It's definitely not guitar-oriented, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, as far I, as... I, I, I gotta, I'm sorry. i got to give you a quick uh, compliment here. Your questions are awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, as far <laughs> as influences coming up, who who did you look up to? Oh, okay. I could go in almost chronological order with that. Beatles first. Be I love the Beatles to this day. I love the Beatles. Uh, love Springsteen. I had just seen him in September before he had that procedure done. Um, I love Springsteen, and I love Zeppelin. Prince. Love, 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 love Prince. Um, man, those are like my main staples. But then again, too, I love Yes. I loved Rush. Um, and I saw Yes probably almost 20 times all through the years. Wow. Uh, I've seen them 28 times. That one, that's the only band I know exactly the number I saw them. Um, yeah, those are like my main influences. And, and then there's a lot of instrumental artists I like, too. I uh, love Miles Davis. My God, I love almost everything yeah. he did. Yeah, man, dig on him, big. Spyro Gyra thought they were really cool. Robin Ford from the Yellow Jackets. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm very diverse when it comes to music. I really dig on very, very different things. Um, yeah, I mean, I could keep going, but that's pretty yeah, much. I'm pretty excited and stoked. I wanted to get your thoughts on the uh... – the Sammy Hagar tour with uh, Joe Satriani, I thought, was a pretty, uh, pretty intriguing lineup. Any thoughts to that? Satriani is a monster guitar player. I've seen him a lot of times. Um, oh my God! Yeah, I mean, he taught Stevie Vai, so I mean that that that's yeah. definitely. Um, you know, as far as Sammy Hagar, I like the guy. I think he's pretty cool and he's entertaining to listen to. Um, I mean, Diamond Dave has taken <laughs> – he fell off the deep end pretty bad. Um, and who's on the drums? Jason Bonham? Not yet. Jason Bonham's on drums. Yeah, he's on drums with the Sammy Hagar thing, right? Or no? Yeah, and it's uh, Michael Anthony on bass. I think. I mean, Michael Anthony, I think, is a real cool dude. I thought he got like a – Real bad deal with Van Halen. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's a cool thing, man. I, I would love to see it if it comes around. And I wouldn't even mind seeing Diamond Dave do a few numbers, but he he can't be a clown like <laughs> we've seen in yeah. recent years. You know? Yeah, I so, think it's very cool. Um, that's real great. Yeah, dude, that's going to be a great lineup. Um, now, Pete, as far as the rest of the year is concerned, do you have any gigs coming up? I do. I have a uh, with the new band Tongue and Cheek. Uh, we're making our debut December nine at a place in Oxford. Right, and then, yeah, called the uh, Office Bar. Really cool place. Uh, big stage, big 
big stage, but it's not like raised up. It's level with the floor, but it's like wide and long. Um, nice. And then I got, uh, I have with Red Moon Jam at the office bar, I got about seven dates throughout 2024 book. Um, and Billy Martin's is a place where I play acoustic. They don't want electric bands there. Um, so when I do acoustic, I'll do like a lot of the covers acoustic version, but then I always throw in a few originals too. So on the acoustic ones, I tend to throw in the originals, but, um, and Billy Martin's is a very cool like neighborhood pub, but it's like really close knit people. You know, everybody in there, it's really cool. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I probably got a few brewery gigs coming up. I haven't really pursued too much of 24 yet, but I know they're coming because yeah. a bar reached out to me today and I have to get back to the band and see what they, they're free. And, you know, so 24 is looking kind of busy too, which is good. Um, it's, it's, it's wild. Now that I'm way older, I'm like more popular than I've ever been. You know, when I was young, I had all the time in the world and nobody wanted me. Now, now it's like I'm older and it's like everybody seems to in the area, at least, uh, want the band. Cause it's fun. We try to be fun with everybody. We don't take ourselves yeah, that's, seriously. That's not a bad, that's not a bad problem. <laughs> no, no, it's not a bad problem. And, and, and I think the, a lot of the reasons for now, the uh, semi. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, Pete, I'm there. having a little bit of a difficulty hearing you on this. There's just a slight uh, issue with the sound. But um, I, I did want to ask you, I'm getting ready to play your song, Somehow the Devil Got Behind Me. Is there any way that you could give us a lead-in to that, what brought that out of you, and what was the influence going in? Um, basically, that was a song of just dealing with maybe things you've done wrong in your life, in your life that you regret and you wish you could change it and you can't. The damage was done, and maybe maybe the person on the other end doesn't want to accept your apology and you're and you're like at a crossroad of just dealing with that. You let you know. Uh, satanic uh, character, if you will, uh, get behind you, which you don't want behind you, definitely, you know. You want to be able to see the evil in front of you. At least that's how I view it. Absolutely. Well, Pete, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your schedule tonight to hang out with me and uh, conversate. Looking forward to talking again. Thank you so much. CT, thank you, and thank you, Christina Avila. I appreciate it. Thank yes. you all, and you have yourself a great night. You as well, sir. Have a great night. All right, you too. Take care. Yeah. Bye. There were times in my life I felt so thankful. Yeah. There were times I felt so complete. Days like these always come and go, so make the best of them. The hard times always seem to find a way back. Stand your ground and ride the storm, cause things could always change. Somehow, the devil got behind me. Thought I kept them 
Man, you know it's the holiday season when we start listening to the bloody he- uh, bloody heels, bloody stools, and Santa's is dead. Um, that is Santa's dead by the bloody stools, guys. Once again, thank you so much for uh, spending some time out of your crazy week. It's Wednesday, means the week's half over, guys. And uh, it is my pleasure now to introduce you guys to Bubba's Beach Band. I'm so excited to be talking to these guys. Are you guys with me? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, hello. Hello. Oh, Oh, sorry sorry about about that. that. Um, Guys, I am switching over to uh, a different way of doing this. Bear with me for one moment, guys. I'm sorry. Now, are you able to hear me? Yes, I hear you loud and clear. All right. So sorry about this, man. This is such a weird... Weird issue that I'm having on my end. I'm having a hard time hearing anything. I can hear you, but just barely. Um, wanted to say thank you so much for uh, coming on tonight, talking a little bit about your band. And uh, I, I got to say, man, I came across you guys on a Trop Rock playlist on Spotify and thought you guys were incredible. Oh, well, th- thank you very much. Uh, we were, we were uh, quite surprised uh, when you contacted us as uh, we disbanded in 2019 after I moved back from Florida to Canada. And as you can imagine, here in Canada, we don't exactly have the biggest prop rock scene in the world. Gotcha. Are you able to hear me? Yeah, I can hear you again now. All right. Sorry about that. But um, as far as um, being Trop Rock, now, did I see something on your post about going, uh, you moved to Florida? Yes. In, uh, in 2018, um, it, it was an absolute crazy year for me. Um, I'd, uh, my uh, uh, band that I was in previous, uh, they were called Dry County. We were together 20 years. And I, I was always dabbling with the, the trop rock feel, but in 2018, that band finally disbanded after 20 years together. And uh, unfortunately, I was uh, in, in the middle of a divorce as well, and I figured, that's it. I'm just going to pack up and move down to Florida and become a beach bum, live out my days there. <laughs> that, that's, that's awesome. Now, um, the one thing that really brought me to you guys was your song, Parrot Head. And absolutely love that song. How was – now, how did you get into the Trop Rock thing being in Canada? How did you come across that? Well, uh, just being a Jimmy Buffett fan, I'm a, I'm a true parrothead. And uh, I was a big Jimmy Buffett fan and obviously uh, attached on to guys like Kenny Chesney as well. And then when the right. Zach Brown band started dabbling with it, and uh, even in my country days – um, I, I always dabbled with an islandy feel, like one song on per album that we did. So it, it was really inside of me, and uh, me and the guys just decided to go all out and do a full-on trop rock project. And it was great. Who uh, you know, the term trop rock, we have to give credit to a gentleman named uh, Bertie Higgins was the first guy to coin that, long before Jimmy Buffett even. Wow. Yeah, I mean that was. 
I'm a I'm a huge parrot head myself. I've uh, I saw Jimmy live 26 times. Um, they, I, I wow. my parents were into it before I was. I used to I remember vividly teasing them, making fun of the sounds, and they said, "Go go to one show. We'll buy your tickets for your birthday. Go to one show, and you'll go back." And I did. I went back 25 more times, and it was just there's something about that lifestyle. Uh, absolutely, and uh, and 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 the the people are are just incredible. They get they do so much work for charity. Parrot heads across the globe. They do so much humanitarian work, and uh, just a great group of people. And yeah, that uh, that party's something else. Like uh, anyone that hasn't been to a Jimmy Buffett show, and obviously 26 times you've been. Um, the the only time you're going to see a crazier group of people together having a great time, I think you have to go to a Kentucky University football game. Go Wildcats, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, as far as meeting of the minds, have you ever been? Have you guys? Have you played that? Have you been out to that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we were down uh, at the uh, Trap Rock Music Awards uh, both in 2017 and 2018. Uh, uh, we were nominated for uh, for a couple of awards and uh, went down to the meeting of the minds and uh, that's a that's a great time. I, I guess it was moved this year. Uh, no longer in Key West. I guess they moved it uh, uh, somewhere up the coastline and uh, so I, I wasn't there this year in, in Key West for it. But uh, yeah, meeting of the minds is uh, that's that's a great time and if you go there early enough because Fantasy Fest just ends as the week for the meeting of the mind start. So it's a pretty crazy time. Oh, that's awesome. Now, as far as now, – now, you said the Bubba's Beach Band is currently not together? No, uh, we uh, we split up when basically when we came back to Canada, like when, when I moved back here. And uh, just uh, – there's, there's just no Trop Rock scene up here in Canada. So gotcha. I went back to uh, – to my country genre, and I'm about to release my first uh, uh, country album in seven years. So it's been uh, been a kind of kind of a homecoming. That's awesome. Now, as far as the country scene in Canada, how how is the music scene in general in Canada? Well, um, it's. It's it's a tight community. I mean, there's more people in the in in the state of California than our entire country, right? But uh, we we have a lot of great players and a lot of great musicians. But uh, I, I know my uh, Canadian followers are going to hate me for saying this, but uh, I would love to be back in the United States making music again. Now, do you find it easier to play out in Canada or the United States? Which which was more uh, fortuitous for you? Um, for for me, um, the the fan base is is great no matter where you get to go in the world. It's just a personal preference. I I I, I love being in 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 the warmer weather and whatnot. Uh, Canada's too cold for me. Six months of winter is long enough. Oh man, yeah. I, <laughs> we think we got it bad here. I mean, the current temperature here I think is like twenty eight degrees. But uh, how how cold does it get where you're at? Oh, we can get up to minus 40. Jeez. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> no, no, no it's, it's a miserable existence come winter in Canada. You know, oh, the, the old joke is uh, the uh, 
the coldest uh, winter I ever had to survive was summer in Winnipeg. <laughs> wow. Now, you said you got a new album coming out. Um, the title of it is? Uh, the, the name of the project is it's uh, brand new. It's my first, uh, I guess, under a, a solo artist as uh, it's not being released under the Dry County banner. Uh, so the name of the project is called The Smoky Mountain Shine. Gotcha. And uh, any ideas on when the album will be out? I, I I wish I knew it was supposed to be released a year ago, but uh, my producer and I keep uh, keep backtracking on uh, song selections and and whatnot. So we're hoping to have it released by Christmas, but we're uh, we're we're not very hopeful for that date. Gotcha. Yeah, that's coming quick. Now, Absol- as far absolutely. as the as far as the trop rock is concerned, and as far as the fan. And you is concerned. I mean, we just lost Jimmy in September. It, it was a heartbreak to everybody in that scene. Um, and how is it with you as far as that music scene is concerned? Are you you said you're looking to get back out to more tropical locations, warmer climates. Anything as far as being a fan that you're looking forward to of that genre? It's. It's going to be hard because uh, there there are so many great trop rock artists out there. I, I'd already mentioned Bertie Higgins, of course, uh, Jesse Rice, uh, who uh, penned a lot of the Florida Georgia Line stuff. He's he's uh, one of the big guys oh, yeah, in trop rock. I love Jesse Rice. Uh, oh, his Pirate Sessions albums, they're just incredible. I ab- absolutely love his stuff. Guys like Daryl Clanton. Um, there, there are just so many. But with the with the loss of Jimmy Buffett, it's going to undoubtedly leave a giant hole in Trop Rock that will never be filled. He he, he yeah. was our our savior. It's it was hard to explain to people when he did pass how we all were so crushed, and there are still fans amongst us that are having difficulty dealing with it, and. Um, the only person I could equivalate it to would be Jared Garcia. Right, right, yeah, definitely. You know, you don't want to use that following, but uh, when when Jimmy passed, grown men, myself included, literally in tears over. Oh yeah. You know, Me too. A, a, a man that you know you might have met for ten seconds in your life, and he had that much impact on all of our lives. Yeah. So my last question for you before I uh, end the the discussion is I wanted to ask you about the song Parrot Head, if you remember writing it and what went behind it, and if you have any input to that song. Well, absolutely. Uh, My my writing style has always been quite simplistic, and it's just about uh, situations that have happened in my life. That is how I became a Parrot Head. Two older brothers got me into Margaritaville as a minor. And I was hooked. That's awesome. Well, brother, thank you so much for taking some time to hang with us tonight. And uh, really uh, looking forward to that country album, man. I'm I'm ready to check that out. Well, I'll I'll definitely send you send you some uh, some material uh, when I have something in stone for you to check out. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for having me. Have a great day. You too. All right, guys. So this is Parrothead. If you guys were not part of that scene, if you have no idea what we talk about when it comes time for that, maybe this song will give you a little inspiration to that.
I want to give a big shout out to Pete Lucabelli for being on the show this evening, as well as Bubba's Beach Band, guys. Uh, unfortunately, they <laughs> I had no idea that they were no longer together, man, because they just came out on a brand new playlist that was on Spotify that was put out by uh, PHIP, Parrot Heads in Paradise Organization. So uh, I, I fully expected that they were still together. But it is a tradition with me going into the holiday season, uh, if any of you guys are out there and uh, we're big friends or fans of Pete, uh, Lady Diesel, I'm going to end the show on this. This is our featured song of the week. Uh, we lost Pete a couple of years ago, and it put a big hole in the local music scene. But here is Lady Diesel. Oh, no, it's Christmas. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out tonight, and I will check you guys out next week. Here is Lady Diesel. Oh, no, it's Christmas. What's up, bud? Hey, man, it's Christmas time and shit. Indeed it is. I feel like doing something a little Christmassy today. Something bluesy, something swaggery, something rock and rolly. What do you think? I'm kind of curious where you're going with this. What do you got? Well, I got a place I'm going. I can show it to you. It goes kind of like this. All right.
somebody with a big plowing hat. God damn, I got a list here a mile long. trouble my own comedy. <laughs> hey, man, if we can't have fun doing what we're doing, then what's the point, really? I'm talking to myself and making it work. That scares me. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. VOC Nation, though, Maestro, suffered a major medical and financial catastrophe this year from the VOC Nation family. To all of you, please continue to pray for Stro Maestro for his continued recovery. You can also donate to his cause, paypal.me slash Palpistrom. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off the uh, building. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. 
VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Nick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... Uh, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was the early champion. Yeah. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Actor, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it the did loss. Did you have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. 